in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have with me Dirana Mook, who is a nutrition, and co- a nutrition coach and TEDx speaker, and she works with women to help them balance their hormones and regulate cycles naturally so they can feel their best physically and mentally. Dinara, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm excited to be here, Olga. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, so you know the drill. Tell us, how did you get to this chapter of your life? Yeah, I always love that question, just because I think for those of us that ended up in the wellness space, we usually end up here because we weren't able to find the answers through the traditional routes. And that's basically was my story as well. And I'll start from the beginning. So in my early 20s, I used to have periods that were so debilitatingly painful that I actually had to call an ambulance a couple of times. And when ambulance has arrived, they observe me and they're like, well, this is nothing wrong. Like, this is just your period. And kind of leaving me with this notion that actually this is something that is not really weird. This is just something that you have to deal with. And because my parents had, my mom had that, my aunt had experienced painful periods. My friends were talking about it. I didn't, I never really questioned. So I just sort of struggled with excruciating pain month after month, kind of writing it on as to, it might just be just sort of like part of being a woman kind of thing. And then for years I dealt with it. And then I ended up going to the doctors who put me on the birth control pill that long story short didn't work for me just made me really crazy and um, I decided to come off of it and every single time I tried to get answers through medical professionals I'd always be put back on the birth control which is not something that I wanted to do so I decided that I'm going to go on my own health journey and try to understand what's going on with my body and then in parallel to that I started to have symptoms of I started to gain weight I was a little bit um I was very happy sort of young person but then I think and it was sort of the remedies of birth control it really affected my mood and once I come off of it it sort of lingered a little bit and then I started to gain weight without really understanding what was the reason and to deal with that I was exercising and just cutting out a lot of food restricting a lot of diets all those sort of things that I think a lot of women are familiar with to try to control my body and then one day I just got very exhausted from not seeing any results, having really painful periods. But then I haven't really connected the two together quite yet until a conversation with a friend who said that I think it could be related to your menstrual cycle. And I sort of thought that menstrual cycle is not something I've ever thought about apart from the fact that I have a period that's very painful, but she recommended I look into it. And that's when I discovered the world of menstrual cycle, which is actually, I don't think as many women are taught, it's just so much more than just the period. But in fact, it's this fluctuation of hormones over the course of the month, where what we want to eat changes, our appetite, our energy, how we should exercise. Quite literally, the female body changes so much. And I started to adapt to those changes. I found out the way how you do it. So I followed the, the sort of the recipe of how you get to know your cycle, how you eat, how you move. And I want to say within a, a one cycle, I welcomed my first pain-free period, something that I've used to have painful for decade at that point. And I was like, my mind was blown. So I started talking to other women and I quickly realized that unfortunately, 
that part of our health is not something that we talk about. So I was like, well, I'm going to fill the gap. I ended up quitting my job and I started this, this journey. And now I help women to eat, exercise, move, reconnect with their cycles. So they feel better through my own journey. That's incredible that within one cycle, you felt the much better than you've ever felt before. What, what do you think were the biggest um, contributors to that change? It's, I, I think it is so crazy just because women go for decades never really questioning it. The big one was, I think the big one was inflammation because a lot of the foods that we eat and sort of the timing of it and when we eat them, it doesn't particularly support how our hormones fluctuate. And once you begin to eat in a way with your fluctuating hormones, then it begins to make sense. I'll sort of explain. So we have kind of like two halves of our cycle. We've got our period at which point all of our hormones are an all-time low. And then we have we have the hormones starting to rise in the first half of the cycle. And those hormones, they have to exit our body. Our body needs to use them for functions and then it needs to lose them. And once in this sort of so at some point, you need to eat foods that will help your gut and your body to process hormones to so things like green vegetables, fresher foods. And then in the second half of the cycle, this is what for many women known as their PMS week, the dreadful week. That's the time when once again, our body hormonally changes and we actually need to, we usually get hungrier. Our metabolism actually speeds up, which what makes us hungrier. So actually adjusting the foods and supporting those hormonal fluctuations has really helped. But I think the big part was just reducing inflammation in my body overall that has really kind of like put the final end to pain. And do we know where the pain comes from just for the inflammation or is there anything else? Because it's very um, concrete to that area when we are and to that time of the period of the cycle. Yeah, I love that question. Well, in our uterus, every single month, I guess when it sheds, it essentially kind of like contracts and sheds. And once it contracts, the uterine lining contracts, basically those sort of the cracks, I guess, in the in the in the uterine lining is what our body produces, what's called prostaglandins, which is not the word that you need to remember, but it's a little inflammatory lipids. Like if you cut your hand as it's as it like heals, your body produces like particular antibodies in order to heal it. And a lot of those antibodies that our body heals in, there's a couple of kinds. There's inflammatory and non-inflammatory. And inflammatory in prostaglandins is the ones that causes a lot of pain. And non-inflammatory are usually the ones that just heal and we don't feel pain. And sort of the pain and the inflammation of it comes a lot of the times for women, specifically from the things that we're eating, like diets that are full in processed foods, processed meats, um, foods that are pumped with a lot of hormones. Um, also foods that are maybe not, not organic ones. Like for example, berries is some of those fruits that have a very thin skin, but we eat them just like that, but they also spray with a lot of pesticides. So there's a specific, that tends to inflame us. Um, stress, lack of sleep, all of those things create inflammation in our body and subsequently show up in our periods, which is one of the reasons that I love working with periods so much because your period is kind of like a monthly report card. It's monthly health report card. Every month, if your period arrives pain-free, all is good, then that means it's good. But if your period, let's say it's delayed, usually that's due to excess stress. If your period comes very long period of time, it could be um, it could be some hormonal conditions. Like one of the most popular ones is polycystic ovarian syndrome. If it arrives with a lot of pain, it could be a lot of inflammation. So your body quite literally speaks to you on a monthly basis. And a period is this such a such a like is this just an obvious thing 
that if we really looked into it for like the guidance for our health, it would give us a lot of answers. So why is it that within the allopathic uh, medicine, the only answer that you were always given and that most women are handed is take the pill? I love that question. And I mean, it's sort of one of those rhetorical questions. Why is that? I wish there was difference. But the truth is in medical and sort of in allopathic and conventional medicine, doctors learn a lot of things. But yet what I've, the latest statistic that I've heard as far as when it comes to nutritional education, I think it's only about two to three hours. So when we think about eight years degree and two to three hours of education on hormone, like not the hormones, on nutrition, women go to the doctors. And because of course, allopathic industry works very closely to pharmaceutical industry. So, and anything gynecologically related, unless you want to get pregnant, usually there is sort of a one fit solution, which is the pill, which frankly, it does help to mask a lot of symptoms and give people release. But what we don't often get told is just how many side effects it creates because sort of the workings of the pill is shutting down your brain communication and your ovaries, which is shutting down our reproductive system, which is the major system in the female body. And when we shut that down, naturally we'll have side effects. And that's typically what happens. But I think a lot of it is just lack of education around just how powerful nutrition, exercise, and stress is. And I think if doctors talked about it, perhaps it would have been more common and more accepted rather than like, oh, I gotta go exercise again kind of thing. Mm, because I'm curious knowing that uh, this affects women, but then what about men? They also have hormones, but you don't ever have them like, oh, I'm having a monthly painful time of the month, even if they don't have the period, the, their hormones also fluctuate. Why is it that it affects us women way stronger than men? Well, there's a couple of reasons, but men's hormones also fluctuate. However, they do fluctuate on a very different schedule. So women's hormones fluctuate on this 28-day schedule, which is the schedule of our menstrual cycle. Um, we have our period, and then our periods, our hormones rise again, then midway somewhere we ovulate, and then we have a period again. So throughout this 28 days, our hormones rise, our mood changes, our energy shifts, our focus changes. So this tends to happen. And then we have our, and then we have men, obviously, and their hormones fluctuate on the 24-hour cycle. So their hormones sort of recirculate daily. So they have overnight, they produce their full sort of testosterone and cortisol that they'll need for the next day. And then they wake up and male physiology is very much optimized for this 5 a.m. morning routines, this sort of rigid processes that we know so well. Um, male's physiology is very much optimized for things like intermittent fasting, low keto diets, low carb stuff. And this stuff, this stuff really benefits men. And a lot of the studies on nutrition and on exercise have in fact been done on men because it's much easier to study it. The hormones fluctuate 24 hours. It's very predictable. It's very easy to study the results of variety of studies. These things haven't been studied, didn't need to study on women up until 1989. So fairly recent that women had to be subject in these studies, but a lot of the stuff is fairly historic and the data that's available is really good for male body but it's not optimized for female body so here we have women trying to be it all do it all wake up at five o'clock in the morning work out intermittent fast skip skip their carbs like stick to their keto diet and it actually is quite literally 
is breaking our bodies down. It's breaking our hormones. And there's about 85% of women that experience some sort of hormone imbalance. And probably people that are listening, it is very common that they, they may. And hormone imbalances can range from symptoms like bloating, constipation, uh, painful periods, delayed periods, migraines, um, low energy, like this hanger feeling, these dips in energies. These are all very common symptoms that a lot of women face daily. And often we don't really understand why that's happening, but it usually happens because of this hormone imbalances. That's a big reason is just sort of us adapting things to male pattern way of living. And then another big one is what's called endocrine disruptors. So those are basically chemicals in our environment that are so prevalent now. And women are the ones that we typically tend to put a lot of cosmetics. We put a lot of lotions. We want to smell nice. And all of those things are packed with, um, with chemicals. And those chemicals, they basically mimic the way the hormones work in our body, creating this surge of hormones, which is creates this imbalance. And then that throws them off. And that can cause problems with thyroid, problems with our regular female sex hormones. And it basically creates cascade effect on and on. But yeah, in the short, that's basically how. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. So if you were given the title and all the power to be the hormonal balancing chief of the country, um, how would you say, okay, this will be the most appropriate way for women to handle their hormones? So like what we were just saying, like maybe don't wake up at 5 a.m., maybe don't do the keto diet. What will be the, yeah. the way to optimize women's hormones? I think if you're someone that has a that's still within the reproductive cycle, that still has a period, just starting to track your cycle and just getting to know your body because it will give you so much more insight. And when I say tracking your cycle, so there's a number of applications where you can put the first day of your cycle, which is the first day of your bleed, and then the last day of your period is the day before that bleed. So what that'll tell you is the length of your cycle, whether it's regular, whether it comes regularly, and then you can start tracking symptoms. So a lot of women experience things like mood swings, low energy, they get very, they may get massive chocolate cravings, and just finding out those kind of patterns, just to kind of give you a peace of mind that you're actually not crazy. And a lot of these things have a pattern in your body. And these things that are happening are very predictable. So that could be one thing. And then another thing is, I would love for women to just eliminate things like added sugar. So, you know, things like Slurpees, burgers, like all of the stuff that doesn't look like real food. And I work, I'm based in France, as we spoke, but I work with a lot of American clients. And unfortunately, a lot of the food things is just the packaged food became such a part of your life because it's it's a very and I used to live in Canada and it's very similar it's such a fast-paced world so it's much easier to pick up a box put it in a microwave and eat that rather than it's actually go up and like chop your own vegetables source good meat and I'm, I'm making it sounds like source like you need to go after cows not really there's just certain loads of shops like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods that have grass-fed beef or local butchers that have it so basically going for foods that are real and real foods is basically stuff that swam in the sea grown in the ground that bit like was beaten by the by the wind so things that are really close source to food rather than eating things like pizzas burgers um sodas all of that stuff is very destructive to our hormones to our brains and to our well-being overall and for women who don't have their period any longer 
But women who don't have their period, the big one will be to reduce inflammation because inflammation is inflammation is sort of like a silent killer for so many of us because we don't really see inflammation on the outs on the on the inside. Sometimes on the outside, if we get cut our hand like that, we're like, "Whoa, this is this is like I need to take care of it." But on the inside, we don't quite see it, and inflammation once again happens because of excess stress and because of the certain foods that we're eating, and often it's under-exercising, or sometimes it can be over-exercising. So again, implementing the lifestyle that is more, um, that is a little bit more simpler. So waking, allowing yourself to sleep. Real foods is a big one because real foods will kind of like, it'll deflame you. Inflammation in women will show up as like bloating, maybe your face is a bit puffy, your feet are a bit puffy. Those are those are the things that kind of be a good sign. Sometimes things like eczema, uh, allergies, skin issues, all of that stuff will, it's basically your body from internally trying to communicate externally. And too often for things like, like, pimples installed we buy so many creams and try to help ourselves when actually it needs to be healed from the inside so again real foods is a big one so fruits vegetables good sources of meat beans um yeah those things and then getting some movement and movement doesn't have to be this orange theory hit workouts but just getting out on the walks um and calming your nervous system because between stress and the food those are some of the biggest culprits for inflammation for women mm. and i'm curious as well when we were talking about uh, be before we started the interview and you were asking me what's the age of my audience and i said well you know we're a little bit on the late 30s um early 50s so we were talking about talking about menopause and the changes that happened there with from your experience working with women is it what we've been told and oh my god it's a time when women go crazy and you know it's it's just kind of everything goes downhill from there, or I have the suspicion that that's not really true. Yeah, it's not really. You know, the statistics is actually fairly small as far as, I don't know if I want to say about 10 to 15% of women that are really experiencing this terrible time with transitioning to perimenopause and menopause. It's not um, It's not necessarily massive sort of, it's not a hundred percent of people, but it never is really whenever these sort of issues come up. But obviously the people that are struggling, they want to spread as much awareness as possible. But it is true that most women will, well, all women will go through a massive change in their hormones. So there will be some disruptions to your sleep, to your mood, to sort of your general, um, just kind of how you go through life. And for some women, those transitions would be smoother than for others. But what I've noticed is that those women that have sort of taken care of themselves throughout their 20s, throughout 20s is a bit, bit kind of like you experimenting with things, but throughout their 30s, when you kind of eating a little bit better, when you exercising, when you're really taking care of your body, the transition to menopause is typically through perimenopause and into menopause is usually much smoother as you go through it. So that's that's the big one. Like if you're listening and you're, so perimenopause, I'll kind of explain what that, what that is. So perimenopause is the time that when your hormones are starting to slowly kind of come off stage, I guess, certain ones, specifically estrogen. And then, and it's the time that takes you from your regular menstrual cycles. It's the time that takes you to when your menstrual cycle is completely stopped, which is called the menopause. The time in between that is called perimenopause, which basically means premenopause. And that time can last for depending on the woman for up to 10 years. So it can start as early as 35 and it can take you up until 45 till your very last period. So you know, you'll know it's a menopause if you had 
365 days, so the entire year with no cycle, with no period, that means you sort of enter the, the menopause. But it's the perimenopause that causes a lot of symptoms. And it's because all of our normal functioning hormones that were making our skin elastic, our mood high, our sleep better, now they just, our ovaries are stopped to produce them. So naturally, naturally you would experience it. But of course, our bodies is designed to go through this transition. I just wish that women would be kinder with themselves through this transition, knowing that it's a different thing, knowing that you're going to be experiencing different. It's kind of like when you have a baby, your body changes completely. It's a, you kind of become a new person. And often you like kind of want to go back to that pre-baby thing, but it's never going to happen. Your mother, it's a beautiful thing. And I hope to rebrand this menopause stage from this terribly scary thing to like this it's a transition into another stage of life and it's beautiful now you don't have to deal with periods if anything it's a win completely agree i think it's just a good old you know we are so obsessed with youth and with um avoiding aging yeah. that anything that reminds you that oh you are getting old is like let's stop this process I don't want to be part of it but like you say you know it is part of it and I actually think that it's an exciting time like it's it's a new evolution of womanhood 100% I couldn't agree more of course I haven't gone through that transition yet but the more I speak to women and just helping like having my conversations with my mom who actually had a very smooth transition a very short time that she kind of struggled with sleep a little bit like I'm seeing women that are just transitioning and now she's like, feel better than ever. Like there's this 50 when you're kind of entering, I can only imagine how empowering because you just don't give her anything about what people think. Now you're just you. Absolutely. So my people that work with you, what, what, is, what is their main concern when they come and find you? Is it the painful periods? Is it they're going through menopause? What is it that encourages them to, um, to contact you? Yeah, it's sort of, it's a mix of things. A lot of it comes through menstrual cycle. Just women have no idea what's sort of happening with their bodies. And they're like, well, I'm having irregular periods. I have heavy periods. I don't show up sometimes. And then a lot of women come because they want to lose weight because a lot of, a lot of loss, sort of a lot of weight gain, specifically resistance weight gain. For many years, women have been sort of the conditioning that we've been given is that we need to live in these small bodies. So, so many women, and this is what one of the things that actually contributes to hormone imbalances is this obsession with the tiny slim bodies. It's this like over-exercising, cutting calories, not eating enough food, focusing on food rather than focusing on calories rather than focusing on foods. So a lot of that creates a lot of imbalances. And there is a point where your body comes to a place where it's no longer able to it's no longer able to lose as weight as easily because for female body, in order for us to kind of lose weight and come to our body is it has to, it has to feel safe. It has to feel, and this, this sense of safety, it translates through kind of like one of the biggest red alarms for women is this, it's this signals of famine and the signals of famine is when we don't eat enough. So when we cutting out calories for a very long time, our body just gets into this alert state that anything you eat, it begins to store. So a lot of women begin to experience things like weight loss resistance. They just can't lose weight or they can't sort of move things. They don't see the progress. They, they've been doing things their old ways and now it's not working anymore because naturally your body changed. So we basically... And this is one of the things that I teach women is that weight loss is a byproduct of a healthy body, not the other way around. You don't get, you don't lose weight to become healthy. You become healthy and then the weight loss happens naturally. And a lot of it also happens because we reduce inflammation, we balance hormones, and then along with it, the periods get normal. And those are the sort of things that you like 
oh my gosh, this was this was possible because everything in the female body is connected. But yeah, a lot of it actually is is weight loss. And I completely understand because I was a massive dieter for a long time. And I think knowing what I know now, I'm so much kinder to my body and knowing what I know about my cycle. I'm also more compassionate and kinder to myself, knowing that there's going to be time in my cycle where I'm just gonna, not going to want to see anybody. And it's okay. It's like, I, I own it now. <laughs> I love that. Giving permission to say, well, you know, it's my hormones. <laughs> I got to respect them. Exactly. Respect it. <laughs> so for somebody that's, that's listening and um, I mean, you're so well-spoken, you're explaining this in such beautiful, easy ways to, for people to understand. Um, so if people want to connect with you and learn more about your programs, where can they find you? Yeah, so since they're listening to us on the podcast, I also have a podcast which is called Feel Better, Be Better. And I talk about this stuff on there all the time. It's a lot of mindset stuff because there's so much with our health has to do with our mindset, really, most of it, really. Um, and then on Instagram, dinara.mukh is my name. And LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, it's the same name across all of the platforms. If you have more questions, if you want to learn more, I can always, I'm happy to help you through that. Perfect. We'll put all that on the show notes. And now, Dinara, I have the last two questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, where do you see your next great chapter? Okay. Gosh, that's, that's a big one. I, I love that. Um, one of the things that I've been wanting to do that I'm going to start doing is um, I'm start, start, going to start from the next year. I'm going to start going to schools and like educating younger girls about their menstrual cycles and about their bodies, just because I think this is the gap. Like I wish we kind of knew it. So I'm, I'm talking with a lot of schools and educational bodies like schools but also universities to try to come in and just help women understand their bodies and also help them understand just how much of their menstrual cycle and how their body changes through a month affects how they show up in life affects their productivity affects their focus so I'm very excited to go into that sort of educational realm and really help uh, women with uh, younger women with that and also another one is I really want to start educating men about menstrual cycles and just trying to understand it. Because one of the interesting things that happened after I did my TED talk, it, luckily it was a live audience. It was like, I don't know, four, 500 people. And once I finished, I had a lineup of people come up and just tell me like, wow, this is so groundbreaking. I've never heard it described that way. But most of those people were men and they were like, I really want to have this conversation. Help me understand my wife a little bit better. And actually having, and I was like, wow, this is, I really want to do a little bit more of that. So I just need to figure out how, but I think men need to be part of this conversation as well. I couldn't agree more. That is so true. As I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, but I'm thinking about the women that we're talking to, but it's true. Can we educate the men? And also, like you were saying, our younger girls. So we don't find yeah. ourselves in that gap where, oh, now we're paying for the mistakes that we did in the past uh, <clears throat> because we yeah. didn't. And the same, so our men can support us better through this process. I think that's brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, I'm very excited. So fingers crossed, hope it works out. It will. I just need to figure out how. <laughs> Perfect. Well, the how will show up once you have a strong why. Yeah. So I'm sure it's coming. All right. And when do you see the world's great, great next chapter? What do I see as the world's next great chapter? Where do you see the world heading to? Well, given that we're sort of my field of ex my field of expertise and where I work within women's health, I would love to see more education come around women's health specifically and just to for women to start. We're having a lot of like 
there's a lot of menopause, perimenopause talk right now. There is a lot of menstrual, well, there is there is more and more menstrual health chatter and like period health chatter. Just a lot of this taboo topic, specifically women's reproductive health has been so taboo for such a long time. And there's more and more women today that are struggling with things like fertility issues, um, fibroids and other hormone imbalances that seem to be unexplained, but what it really needs is just more research. So I'm really hoping that we can bring women's health to a level where we can all talk about it more freely and it becomes a conversation topic of the conversation. So 50% of the world feel more supported. One last question. What do you think that is? Why do you think that we are so taboo in, even in today's day? I mean, I feel like we can talk about so many things and yet talking about reproductive uses, hormonal uses, women's issues, it still feels a little bit like, mm, do we want to go there? Why do you think that is? Well, I actually spoke about it. It was an introduction of my TED talk. And one of the things that I, when I was researching all of that, so back in the days, like back in the middle, uh, middle ages, like the periods used to be this powerful thing like they used to have this magical powers and they used to say like if you put period blood on crops like it'll it'll grow and like it just I just had a lot of this sort of matriarchy messages and then church came in and the religion like a religion has established in a very strong way and the periods all of a sudden became this dirty thing women had to be separated for their cycle and it just became a topic of taboo periods were not supposed to be discussed there was the separation of men and women and it's sort of and it's unfortunate because that happened quite a while ago like we're talking a few hundred a couple hundred years ago now but yet the message was so strong that to this day we've carried it on as the periods being this dirty thing we shouldn't talk about it which is why now that we're talking about it at first it's like ew like I I did this I, I found this Berlin artist who's does a lot of art with periods and one of the things that she's done for art is like she basically sort of she drawn this cup with like the period and the women standing in front of it and when I put that picture at first on my TED talk, I wanted to see the reaction and it was like everybody was like ew oh like there's still so much of it and I understand kind of, but also this is the sort of like this EU messaging around period makes women not want to talk about it when actually it's this powerful thing that actually makes us us, which is why, um, and that's the reason that it's been, we're still sort of overcoming this old conditioning. It's amazing that you're doing this work to bring mm -hmm. that new paradigm. And, and I totally admire your work and your determination to change this. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Dinara. Th and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me and letting me spread my message. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there any last minute um, words of wisdom that you want um, our audience to be left with? Um, I think... I think one of the things that I'd like for women to know more is that we've sort of been socialized to keep ourselves small, to not be, be a good girl, the different messages that we used to get, and whether men have always been getting messages of, you are just worthy as you are. And it's not necessarily one thing is good, one is bad, like this is just the way that it has been, but I really hope that women can... Um, more women can step out and do things for themselves, for the sake of themselves, rather than trying to find their worth and trying to serve other people. I think once we learn that, we can be so much less stressed, which is one of the biggest things that contributes to so many health issues in general. So just put yourself first. Don't be afraid of it. I think now is that time. And yeah, shine on. <laughs> mm, I love it. Okay, so we're going to leave it with that message. Put yourself first and shine on. And thank you so much, Dinara, for being here with us today. Thank you. And to everybody, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter, 
and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadult.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.